Hey, MMA by Milligan, it's the catfish, here to swim up in ya. Hey, I was gonna ask a question about next week's card, but when I look at it, dude, listed is one fight for the main card, which is Smith and Span, and I couldn't even tell you anything about Span. And the preliminary card shows three bouts, and I don't know any of them. So, less than a week away, they expect people to give up their Saturday night, to tune in for a main card with only one fight that's even announced, at least on their own website, and three nobodies on the preliminary card, or three nobody fights. Like, when is the UFC going to realize this is bad for their brand, and it is making them not the best of the best, like they used to be? I'm out, FMP. That is MMA, as he said, MMA Catfish. Podcast Catfishing with Tad Daddy episode out right now, people. So check them out. Check them out. I am. Uh, this is a great question because one, it gives me opportunity to slide right into suspect picks. I am kind of disappointed. Kind of disappointed. It's Ariane Lipsky fight week, man. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A lot of people out there, oh, you dirty old man. You can kiss my ass. Y'all can kiss my... Now, listen. Generally speaking, the young girls are no. They're no as far as simping goes. Now, whatever I post, you know, if first of all, if you like beautiful women, head on over to Legs at Legs Show. All day, every day, beautiful women. I'm sure you guys out there will enjoy it. Catfish knows because he follows that account. Yeah, but as far as me doing some personal something, especially when it comes to fighters, especially I always try to keep it professional. But, you know, Lipsky is that exception to the rule. She's fighting this weekend. Speaking of gorgeous women, we have Panani Kianzad fighting along with Alejandra Lara Azul over at Bellator. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, dis I'm disappointed. You don't know she's fighting. Come on, man. Now, Ryan Spann, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you should know who he is, but let me, let me answer first. Let me directly answer Catfish's question before I get into picks, because the picks are part of what uh, part of the problem with the card is, in fact, the people who are on the card. Now, whenever you hear Anthony Smith or Jim Miller, that means the card is barely falling apart. And remember, UFC, because a lot of people think. ESPN just throws money at UFC and then they sit there and go, why aren't you spreading it with the fighters? The fact of the matter is, is I believe it's 30 fights, 30 cards that they is the contract. Now, people, a lot of people might think that's not a lot, but remember, it's only four weeks in the in a month. So 52 weeks in a year. So I, I guess what is because we know usually holidays is a no, no. I think, you know, July 4th weekend, no. 9-11, no. So I'm trying to think whenever they don't have cars. But it's around that amount. So you're going to see a lot. Of, so they have to put on a lot of cars. The problem is the stars, they usually try to reserve them, one, to either headline a fight night car or to, you know, push them over onto the um, pay-per-views. Here's the thing, though. Got to get rid of the dead weight. Don't hold on to a Sam Alvey just because he's against unionizing because he's a yes man. However, with all that said, now, when it comes to these specific fighters, 
I mean, to me, it's their fault. It's their fault. I'm going to discuss Connor in one of my uh, listener questions. He isn't simply a superstar because of the way he walks or the way he dresses or because he's white or because he's Irish. He is a superstar because he finishes fights. Francis Ngannou made the world, you know, know who he is because he finishes fights in a violent manner. Amanda Nunes, there's a lot of people that did not like it. The same hatred that sadly a lot of the transgender athletes are, have been getting lately, or athlete in particular, Nunes was getting that same hate for being, you know, openly gay is, you know, there's hatred toward openly gay, but when you look a certain way, like Jessica Andrade, like Amanda Nunes, you know, you don't have that lipstick lesbian kind of look to you. You get hate. You know, you get hate. What shut people up was Nunez destroying everyone who was in her path. Regardless of how they identify. <laughs> you know, destroy everyone in their path. That is the way these all these fighters on this card need to be. And sadly, look, Anthony Smith could say whatever he wants. He's not that fighter. We watch him win, celebrate, then lose. Win, celebrate, then lose. Inconsistency. Connor, and the sad part about what's funny about Connor is he's consistent. He's still consistent. <laughs> Embarrassing himself. Yeah, well, he, he got a new kind of consistency going now. You know, that BJ Penn embarrassing yourself out in public because you, you know, got to leave the uh, substance alone. You know, it's the guy stay off that drink or hitting that. You know, I love drink, but he hitting the drink a little too much. Like I said, whiskey is not it's not an energy drink. But still, what he has, you got to get noticed. You got to stand out from out of the crowd. It's just that simple. And yeah, you know, fans do deserve more. But one of the things that one of the things that fans need to stop doing is saying, oh, you know what? This car is okay. Would be a lot better if it was over at LFA. In other words, the secondary promotions. What's the main difference? The main issue with MMA when you talk about com when it's compared to the leagues, football is exciting. Period. It doesn't matter who's playing. The fans are going to watch no matter what, no matter who's playing. Period. MMA that can't continue. It can't be. Oh, this this would be good if it was LFA or Bellator. No, it needs to be good no matter what. All those promotions have had good fights. Hell, that's some of these, most of these fighters come from those promotions because they have put on good fights. What the fighters have to understand is there has to be some consistency there. Now, some of the fighters on this card, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do other than really, once they lose, get kicked out of the promotion. And that's another thing. When they get kicked out of promotion, it's not okay for them to get picked up anyplace else. It's not. That's another bad trend that needs to end. That is not okay. And that's why my issue with fighter pay is why should some of these fighters who are mediocre to get more money? A livable way sure, Sarah Alpar, who's on his car, well, was supposed to be scheduled for this car. Not sure if she's still going to be able to fight as well. She was, uh, you know, as far as I know, she's fine. But, you know, she had to, a lot of these fighters like Lipsky had to worry about who they were fighting because the fights dropped off. We lost a fighter on this car. We lost two fighters so far on this car that I know of. God knows what's going to happen by the, the time Saturday 
comes. That's why when they say, yeah, these fights are scheduled, I don't even read those anymore. And I, I hey, I respect to all those guys or, and women who do that. Hey, this fight is scheduled. This fight is coming up. Whatever. I'll believe it when they're in the octagon. Hell, one championship in power was postponed. And even after it was postponed, even after they got the card together and went full steam with it, they still don't have actually the athletes who was supposed to be fighting. It still was, you know, it came, it turned out pretty good, but man, scheduling has been a nightmare. You know, MMA is a mess, brother. It's a mess. And it's not, it's not real. <laughs> it's nothing real about it. It's, it's about as WWE as it gets. It truly is. I mean, Jean Wei Lee is getting a quick turnaround fight against Doug Rose for no reason whatsoever. That there proves that it's just fiction. It is just pure fiction. Sure, they hit each other for real, but even that, you know, sooner or later that may change. My advice to folks out there, just enjoy what you can. Because the thing about it is the new generation that should make the change, make this better, is already there. Lipsky is in her 20s. She's all, the fighters, Hannah, Goldie, Emily Whitmire, like all these, these are the fighters who are supposed to make the change right now. And they're, they're, <laughs> and they can't even, we don't even know if they're going to keep their job after this card. This is the generation right here, man. And all of them can have conversations with Anthony Smith for all his faults. This man has more experience. He's still young and he has more experience than most of the people in MMA currently active. So they got someone who they can talk to as far as experience goes. And they themselves are the youth, are the generation. That time for complaining about boomers is over. Take over, make it better. But that time is right now, and they're not doing it. We're at the end of a year after surviving COVID, and they still can't figure out what to do. It's ridiculous. It's true. It truly is. So as far as, and they keep thinking, oh, next year, It'll change. Oh, this person does something. It'll change. No, this should have happened during COVID. It should have happened right now. It needs to happen right now. All the generations that are necessary are there. They keep saying, well, you know, out with the boomers. Okay, the boomers are gone. They're gone. Here you go. Handle it. Make it better. But no, it's still clueless. And as you said on your podcast, they argue with fans that try to actually help out because they're so brainwashed by promotions like the UFC. You said it on your podcast, bro. You know, but let's take a look at this card. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I mentioned John Whaley. Look, I, I knew Carlos Sparza was going to have problems. You know, you can't go. That's another thing fighters have to understand. It's still a business. It's still entertainment. Okay, saying, well, you did what it takes to win. Yep, and they're going to do what it takes to get you out of there. They're going to do what it takes to keep you from getting a title fight. They're going to do what it takes to keep you off a pay-per-view because you're boring. She knew herself. I'm not saying anything that Carla Esparza doesn't already know. She said it herself. Decision wins aren't enough. Being boring isn't enough. She knows it. Usman knows it. That's why both fighters did what it took to finish the fighters that they went up against. And people have to understand, no, Jorge wasn't overrated. No, Yao Zhanan wasn't overrated. They're two dangerous fighters who themselves can finish fights, have finished fights. They can't sit there, Esparza and 
Usman couldn't can't sit there and wait for an easy fight or someone easier to finish. And we hear fans saying that all the time. No, no, no. It doesn't matter who's in front of them. Francis, Francis could have said no. Francis could have just went to a decision against Stipe. No, Francis did what Francis always does. It didn't matter who's in front of him. Stipe is regarded as one of the best heavyweights ever. If anything, you know, if he was such a, you know, if you had that kind of mentality, then Francis should have been like, oh, no, he's so great and, and, and powerful. Oh, God, I can't. I don't have no skill. Y'all keep telling me I don't have no skill. I can't box. I'm not technical. So I better not go and fight him. I better go crawl up under my bed, you know, go back to where I came from. You know, shucking job, shucking job. Francis didn't say that. Francis went in there and beat the hell out of whoever was in front of him. He can't make the, he can't keep making those excuses. Why is Amanda Nunes regarded as the, the best ever? Because she finished the best ever, period. It wasn't in a conversation. Hey, you know how many people duck Cyborg? GDR duck Cyborg. Amanda Nunes didn't have to go up and wait. She could have just said, nah, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm going to stay here and ban and wait. Know my place in this world. Shucking job, shucking job. But no, she didn't do that. She went up. She brutalized one of the most dominant champions to ever walk into MMA. Now, I don't hear anything about steroids or juicing because that's what John Jones did all his damn life. So I don't want to hear anything about that. She was a dominant, skilled woman. And, you know, that's my queen. But the fact remains, Nunez put her... You know, put her out of her misery. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's the dominant Ronda Rousey, you know, the, the crafty Misha Tate. Doesn't matter. Whoever's in front of them, they have to finish. And that's what all these fighters, if I was going, and, and, and Dana says that all the time. And I know a lot of people get tired of it because we've had some great fights that went to a decision, but we've also complained about the decision at the end. And it's frustrating, it's tiresome. You can have a great fight. Level changing, transitions, and it end in a finish. Don't leave it to the judges. We can't always have Wei Lee versus Joanna M. Jacek. However, if it does go to the decision, you have to remember when it comes to the UFC, and I'm not talking to you, Catherine, I'm not talking to most of the folks out there listening. Those are the standards. Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida, Hall of Fame. Fight, I'm sure Jean Wei Lee versus Joanna M. Jacek will end up in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Gustafson versus John Jones one now in the Hall of Fame. That's the standard. We talk about the UFC. My criticism of the USC aside, I'm very critical of that promotion. They have standard. They are they are allowed to want those standards all the time. When you were the championship team, we want to talk about league all the time. When you're in a championship team, like the Patriots, for instance, you got to win. And you got to win championships or you don't stay there. It doesn't matter how much talent you got. That's the, that's the thing folks have to understand. He keeps saying, oh, how much they make over there. Let's make the same thing. No, you lose your job. Quick. Get traded. Quick. End up making lower wage than everyone else. Quick. You can't be with a championship team and not win a championship. Their mentality is different from a team that loses all the time. Same rules apply, should apply to MMA. You know, and what Catfish is saying, well, yeah, but why do you, why are you giving us these hand-fisted cards? Again, the blame goes to the fighters. 
You know, all of them should be stars, and it's not the UFC's job to just constantly look for those. They should be looking for nothing but stars, but guess what? There's no place else to look. A sad reality of the situation. The stars, you know, they're content where they're at, or worse, they have these binding contracts that they can't get out of, so the UFC is stuck with who they have. And it is inexcusable to have 20 fighters, all right? It is inexcusable to have 20 fighters. Again, I'm not defending the UFC. On the other side of that, though, they shouldn't have to be sitting with 20 fighters and all of them be mediocre. All of them be struggling. That should be a no-no. Right? They're giving them, they're giving them at the end of the day, Catfish, and everyone else out there, at the end of the day, they're still giving these fighters a chance to fight, a chance to turn things around. The fighters don't take the chance and just dial it in that's on them, man. That's why I don't have too much sympathy for them. They can get oblique kicked to death as far as I'm concerned. You, what else are you in there for? What else are you in there for? Go, go, you know, deliver trash or something like that. Seriously. All right. Speaking of which, so starting off the car, we have Emily Whitmire. 4-4, four four, minus 125, underdog versus Hannah Goldie, plus 105, doing a quick turnaround, trying to get back into the win column. <laughs> this fight should be good for giggles. And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that, you know, but it is. it should be good for giggles. Haley, uh, Haley, Haley, Altang, going up against Gustavo Lopez, should be a good fight, plus 110. Uh, for Lopez, I'm going with the favorite, Altain, in this one. Impa Kasangane should be a good fight, should win his fight 9-1, minus 130 uh, favorite, Colston Har um, Harris. And like I said, I know they're going in there against the toughest fighters, you know. And the thing is, one of the things I try to say is that sometimes it's, it's just sometimes a tough it, the person who they go up against, that one person, is a problem for them. Like, Ioannium Jacek could be the still can come in there and whether it's straw weight or fly weight and beat a lot of those women. However, she'll probably never, ever beat Rose. Some fighters just kryptonite for other fighters. And it's just that one person, not 15. You know, so, and that's why I don't like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of contender series and tough because it's fight math. Oh, you couldn't beat this person, so we can't. You know, or you finish the fight and it's like, hey, you get a contract because you finished the fight. And it's like, well, yeah, but look who they finished. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't finish GSP. What is this? So, yeah, don't get me wrong. Part of blame does go to Dana White. And that's why I can't stand when he gets up there and then he wants to have the nerve to complain about the fighters and their performance. Well, bro, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have used fight math and you shouldn't have hired them. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, so... Imp is it there, so we should get some excitement there. Sarah Allpar versus Aaron Blanchfield. I like Sarah Allpar's chances here. I'm going to stick with Aaron Blanchfield, the 320, uh, minus 320 favorite in this matchup, but I do think that Sarah Allpar should, uh, has a chance here. Watch your money, folks out there who are betting. Now, Montel, Quick Jackson, I do expect a lot of things from this young man right here, 10 and 2, and he has to understand that the UFC does expect a lot of things from him. Minus 630 uh, underdog, he should uh, decimate J.P. Bays, who the UFC, by the way, took a chance on. They didn't have to. 
took a chance on him and his wife. Really took a chance on him because of his wife, as far as I'm saying. But took a chance on that couple, and they have not been consistent. That's not the UFC's fault. She broke. She needed to solve the problem by being consistent. You know, don't give Dana a reason to to drag you. When they brought brought it up, what did he say? Well, you know, one and one in the UFC. That's the end of the conversation, really. Now, what he said afterwards was dumb. I agree. But once he said one-on-one in the UFC, that's the end of the conversation. I mean, what else is it? Pay what? No. <laughs> a, a decent wage? Sure. A million dollars? A hundred thousand dollars? Absolutely not. Anyway, uh, Ronzo is going up. He has a new dance partner. Dakota Bush is out. Brandon Jenkins is in. I didn't have him winning against Dakota, don't have him winning against Brandon Jenkins, but a lot of things may have changed with that lightweight battle. Like I said, Tony Graves is on the card, 21 and 6, minus 190 favorite going with him uh, over Nate Manny's 13 and 1, plus 160. It would behoove Nate to get this victory, though. Got to maintain that record. That's what these fighters have to understand. Maintain the record, man, no matter who they fought. Uh, Panani, yes, going up against Rocky. Rocky is a favorite in this matchup. Panani does like to keep it on the feet. And Rocky is no joke on the feet. So, the logic there. And, you know, Rocky has been getting her grappling on. She is experienced. But I think, I actually think Panani can, I'm going with Rocky, but this is another fight where I think the underdog can win. Watch your money. Tefan Chukwi, 5-0. I expect him to remain undefeated. Minus 125 favorite over Mike Rodriguez. Poor Mike Rodriguez. I mean, the height and reach and all that. Man, listen. And the thing about Nchukwe, you would think someone, first of all, his size, even if he wasn't heavyweight, you would think, oh, okay, this dude does not have cardio. He looks like his cardio is trash, but he just finds a way to keep on going and big and fights just like a regular heavyweight. You know, like heavyweight, not big difference, but still... I think Mike is going to get his head knocked off. Joaquin, Joaquin Buckley, 12 and 4, minus 210 favorite. He's another person who needs to stay. Him and Emperor, they got to stay. These prospects, they got to stay consistent. Doesn't matter who they're going up against. However, I think I'm picking Antonio Arroyo. That's my first underdog pick, 9 and 4, plus 175 underdog. I got him. I think he'll take it, get it to the ground and do his thing. Next up is, uh, as far as I know, is Armin Sarukian. Sarukian, uh, who went at it, I mean, who really, really pushed Makachev, uh, one of the few who have, especially when you talk about trying to grapple with him. 16 and 2, minus 760 uh, favorite in this matchup going up against Christos Gallegos, 19 uh, and 8. Plus 525 favorite. I mean, Armin is probably the uh, Yalak if there is going to ever be one on this card. Lipsky. Now, you know, and again, Lipsky has to understand. Lipsky has to understand that she's a disciple of Chris Cyborg, currently trained under Amanda Amanda and Nina Nunez. She has absolutely. Now, I think I got, I'm picking Mandy Bohm because they pretty much fight the same, just Mandy Bohm's a little bit better, a lot more devastating with her strikes, and she'll unload more on a more tide level than Lipsky does. So I'm actually going to pick, go with her. 
but Lipsky should beat everybody in this division. She is a student of two of the best fighters, best women's fighters ever. Next up, we have, I'm not sure if this fight is still going. Of course, that's women's flyweight. Up at lightweight, we have Nicholas Mota, 12-3. and three. A fun fighter to watch, by the way, Catfish. Minus 310 favorite going up against Cameron Van Camp. Not sure if that fight's still happening, though. 15-5 and five, plus 245 underdog. I'm going with the favorite in that matchup there. Kutaliba, who should never be called the Hawk. He should, if there's a way to just... Snatch a name from a, you know, a nickname from a fighter. It should be snatching that nickname from that dude. He has the mental capacity of a feather duster. I don't, I'll don't. i never favor him in this match. He should win this fight. He should win this fight. 15-6-1. Minus 150 uh, favor. He should win, but I'm not picking him. I'm picking Devin Clark. 12-5 plus 130 underdog. And my, I have another... Yet another underdog pick in Ryan Spann. I think he could just catch. Anthony Smith says there's nothing that Ryan Spann can show him that he hasn't seen already. Due to him that he hasn't faced already. But anyone can get caught. And Ryan Spann certainly can catch Anthony Smith, 13, who's 35 and 16. As I mentioned, minus 165 favorite. But going with the plus 145 underdog. Thank you, Catfish, for the question. Got allowed me to do some suspect picks and hopefully give you some insight on who's who to watch and i do hope you do check out the card but yeah you know like i said it's the fighters do have to step up ufc need sure the ufc should pick better but who where no to me the fighters who are there need to see it as the promised land a damn fighter pays an opportunity for more Conor McGregor used that as an opportunity for more and got the he does well he should leave but we'll see what happens but he's moving on he moved on to greener pastures outside of the UFC Habib Nurmagomedov is the prime example he moved on to greener pastures outside of the UFC these fighters need to use that as an opportunity to move on to something bigger and better all right again thank you brother and we're going to move on to my next listener question, which comes from, oh my goodness, hello Pixie, so good to see you, being back full time, well, somewhat full time, you know, I always wish you well, what I say, you know, Targ blood is strong, people, don't underestimate Targ blood. The queen of MMA Westeros and our resident big sister. Derek Lewis hot balls at War Pixie six six six. Her question is a fantastic question. Build the ultimate female fighter using the current UFC Rasta. Fantastic question, Pixie. Well, the right answer is of course just combine Nunez with Valentina Shevchenko and call it a day. That's really all that needs to be said. And I'm going to go on and move on to the next question. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would actually like an anti-grappler. I like the idea of an anti-grappler. Someone who could possibly take out. Because, you know, Nunes, is, we know her for a finish, you know, her devastating hand. Same with Val. She was known as a striker, but she's really known. Both are really have been doing nothing but grappling. And another good answer would have would be that, well, acceptable answer would be, uh, you know, the wrestling prowess of Tatiana Suarez, the jiu-jitsu of Mackenzie Dern, the speed of Magnum and Bullet. 
Yeah, but I want an anti-grappler. I want someone who would knock out Tatiana Suarez and Mackenzie Dern. You know who has that, not sure if they could, but know, has that kind of ability in a women's division? GDR, of course, Irina Adana. I know, I know what folks are thinking, like, oh, oh, oh GDR, got t- both of them got taken down. I know, I know. Just, just hear me on this. Just hear me, okay? So, but let, let, me, let me start, okay? Let me get this list. First, I would actually start with Ioana Jacek. Not a big fan of her as a person, but as a fighter, I mean, just a lot of respect for her. Her ability to cut down and maintain excellent cardio has always blown me away. So I will start with Ioana Jacek and her cardio. Amanda Lemos, her ability to drop women with a jab, pretty much fin- damn near finish a woman, an opposing uh, fighter with a jab, st- is stunning to me. You know, and she took out a grappler. You know who else took out a grappler? Marina Rodriguez took out more than one. That and that's really where I got the the term anti grappler from is from the kids on the timeline. And they were commenting on the fight between the fight coming up between. Rodriguez and Mackenzie Dern and they were afraid for it. Now I think Mackenzie Dern is going to win on the ground and be the first one to uh, sub uh, Marina Rodriguez. But you know, a lot of kids on the timeline are worried for Mackenzie Dern. He's like, Oh, you know, Marina Rodriguez is anti grappling. Now that's where I got it from. And I like the idea of that. And I think that Marina Rodriguez, her fighting style and her ability to keep up with smaller, faster fighters who have a serious pace, like to see a Taurus. I think that's so important. So the cardio of Ioana M. Jacek, the somewhat anti-grappler, I know, I know Marina Rodriguez has been taken down before, but she's also, both fighters have also taken out some grapplers. Those two, the left hook of Irene Adana, the fight IQ, to me, the best fight IQ is Valentina Shevchenko. It's actually not Nunes to me, it's, it's Valentina Shevchenko. Val's fight IQ and her and Holly Holmes conditioning. Their conditioning is second to none. Their bodies, their frames, their conditioning. And with Val, her mind state, just the way she thinks, she knows she can win fights. She knows how to win fights. Just I love her mind state and her conditioning. So I will combine those. And um, Holly Holmes, her, both of them have excellent conditioning, great bodies, but I like Holly Holmes. She has great proportions to me. I love her proportions. So to combine those two, but I think I would like to kind of squeeze it onto the frame of, uh, you know, more of a five foot five. I mean, Holly Holmes is five eight. So yeah, and shorter, her frame to Marina Rodriguez, add in Lemos. I mean, her ability to just drop fires with a jab, those heavy hits. And yeah, just in, in, the, in the Muay Thai prowess of Jermaine Duranamy. You know, I, I you know, because I'm sure anti grappling, you want to have grappling, but I just, I want someone who can just, man, few hits, style on them. And, you know, because Nunes brawls more than styles on fighters. So, yeah, and of course, styling, the person who styles on fighters the most, the one who would, uh, kind of be at the the candle on the cake of my ultimate fighter would be this the uh, technique of Thug Rose talk about styling on someone no one styles on fighters 
more and better than when a female division in the UFC than Thug Rose. Thank you so much for your uh, question, Pixie. Always a pleasure to see you. Cyrus Casually, Cool King, the coolest casual in the world. Cyrus Picasso Khan at Cyrus King. And of course, you got to check out the Hot Pass Inc. It's at Hot Pass Inc. The Hot Pass movement continues, people. I am a proud member of the Hot Pass crew. Cyrus here is the boss of bosses, the Don of Dons. Always a pleasure to see him here. Um, you got to check out all of his content. He has a new episode out right now. And with his question, you know, you know, with uh, Connor versus MKG, can we officially say that Connor is done? Yeah, yeah, brother. He, he's done. I agree with you. I agree with what you said on your podcast. Yeah, uh, he's done. Yeah, yeah, that dude's done. Because it is mental. Everything is mental. And without the mental focus, he, he shouldn't know who they are. I don't want to hear, he said, you know, oh, Megan, you know, she always comes past the fights. He knows her. Nah, bro, you know her from watching her movies, man. You're just a simp. Just simp. I believe that he did, in fact, ask Megan for, uh, Megan for a picture. I do believe that. And I do believe that Machine Gun Kelly, Machine Gun Kelly pushed him. How are you asking somebody's girl? I don't care if she went to the fights. How are you? I don't care if she's a fan. She's with a man. You don't ask her for no damn picture. And you Conor McGregor. I'm going to tell y'all something. I know who Megan Fox is. She, and she looked fantastic. That whole weekend, she was styling on people. She styling on people. She was styling that whole entire weekend. Between that and the Met Gala, she was styling. She looks fantastic. I still wouldn't know who she is. $300 million? I mean, because I think he made, he, he made $300 million. Well, well, I know. He, I think he made $300 million from selling Proper 12 on top of what he was already making from top Proper 12. So we're talking about $500 to $600 million. Not including the money from the uh, from his fight with Mayweather. And of course, I mean, his, I mean, his fight's purse from the UFC is pocket change at this point, but three million, I think it was $3 million was the base rate, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't know who they are. $600 million? No, 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 no. I wouldn't know who they are. Nope. If she would have asked me for anything, she would have to get past the sea of bodyguards. Now, that's not, he's not thinking like a boss. Where's his crew at? Where, where was Dylan Dennis at? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not thinking as a boss at all. And, and that's, that's part of the reason why, to me, he's done. And, that, and that's another thing with problem with fighters. But you know how it is. You know how it is. You can take the, the kid out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of the kid. And that's the problem with Connor. He also has that rich man's disease that B.J. Penn had. B.J. Penn, same problem. And, and as you said, yes, men, there's nothing worse than to have. When I talk, talk about success in any way, there's nothing, nothing worse than having yes men and women surrounding successful people. Nothing worse. I think that's the problem with John Jones. That was certainly the problem with B.J. Penn, and I believe that that is, in fact, I agree with you that that's the problem with Conor McGregor. It's just a recipe for disaster. 
greed sets in and then like i say he can't get out of the ghetto he can't think of his mind can't get out of the ghetto that's why he was doing all that with the scuffling and the water and all that kind of stuff because he can't get his his mind out of the gutter that's why he punched the old guy at the pub because he can't get his mind out of the gutter and that's another dangerous thing you can't you know you know thug dudes you know crime dudes that make regular money you know or make money money rather make a lot of money from a regular kind of business or whatever it hap goes on when they can't think as a regular businessman things go bad things go bad and this dude can't stay out of he can't stop from getting arrested he can't stay out of court he he is too much he has too much of the hood mentality he's you know he's a hood dude i believe that's his problem and he has too much of the hood in it and i think that he wasn't he was a hood dude but not a dude who stood out and that napoleon complex he has to keep asserting himself every single time online. He shouldn't know who any of these individuals are. He shouldn't even know what Twitter is. Oh, what's that? Is that where poor people go to conversate with each other? Because he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He, he should only know it to place ads on there. Oh, is that a place we can run some ads, run some, you know, some uh, marketing? He, he's not thinking as a businessman. So, uh, yeah. And then from a, a fight standpoint, Lost to Dustin, <laughs> you know, twice. <laughs> he can say the last fight don't count. He lost to Dustin twice. Like, it, not to not be able to get past Dustin. Oh, my God. And then he's actually a welterweight. He wouldn't survive in that division. And versus Charles Oliveira, the dude, his losses are by submission. <laughs> and he's end up, and Dustin's not the best submission practice. He's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is part of the reason why I don't think Connor will ever beat him. Plus, he's has a rest, he can wrestle. But Charles is a whole different level. <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon as Connor swings, Charles is going to shoot in on him, take him down, and sub him. It's not like that dude is, yeah, not top 10, and he'll never be in my top 10. However, Here's the thing, as I alluded to earlier, Connor, 19 finishes via strikes. Record for performance bonuses one. Record for performances of the night and record for post fight bonuses one. That is to me what separates him from everyone else and what separates fighters in general from everyone else. People can talk about how great a fighter is. When they say on paper, that's what they need to see. That's what I need to see. What did they accomplish on paper? A damn the resume. Performances of the night awards. You know, fight of the year, things like that. He, Connor, ended up making money from the UFC by collecting fight night bonuses. And it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at my screen. Tony Ferguson is, is on. Uh, they're showing him when he got the interim title. Tony Ferguson is another one. Fight night bonuses, Charles Oliveira, fight night bonuses more than Dustin. And that's the problem. Why does why is Dustin iffy on being a uh a headliner? Because people remember he ain't always headline on a pay-per-view when he fought Dan uh, Hooker. That was on a regular fight night card. Because he doesn't have that. He's a great fighter. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have what Charles has, which is finishes. Record finishes. Why are the Diaz brothers? You know why the Diaz brothers are always talked about? Fight night f finishes. Fight night awards. Bonuses. Especially Nate Diaz. 
fight night bonuses, record finishes, and submissions. He's easy to understand. There's no going to the ground unless you are the real deal. And I really only think that Charles, third-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Gilbert Burns, you know, world champion and multi-time world champion in Jiu-Jitsu are the only two who can really mess with the Diaz brothers on the ground. Even now, if they can get taken out to the... I mean, taken to the ground is one thing, but if they don't sub whoever takes them down, then they are washed up. Because any other time, in their true prime, they sub whoever takes them to the ground, period. It's not... If they, if they want to sub them, especially in the case of Nick, if he wants to bother with subbing them, Sometimes he may get back, just get up. <laughs> Pull up Derek Lewis, just get up. That is why, and that's what people have to understand. You know, and that's that's the problem with this fight card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not enough of these fighters have that formula, and they, they'll fight anyone for the most part, and they're trying to finish the fight. They're trying to put on a, a, a great fight, and they're trying to do well. And that's the one thing I always give to, I will give up to Connor. And there is no conversation about money without Connor. You know, so all those people out there who talk about um, fighter pay, it's like, well, with this dude's brain, you know, basically liquefying in front of our eyes, it's not good. It's not good. It's not actually good for, I mean, sure, on the one hand, you know, I can't, I can't lie secretly. Like, it's nice to see uh, some of these snobs like Connor and BJ, you know, uh, go down in flames. But from a business standpoint, it's not good by any stretch of imagination because him, his loss, he, this dude's supposed to be doing a super fight with Pacquiao. Sure, we all know he was going to lose. It's just the fact that he got the attention of Pacquiao, similar to the YouTubers. It doesn't matter whether the fights are fake or not. They got the attention of so-called real fighters. The mere fact that they got the attention of Dana White and so many other people who are supposed to be powerful, who regular people are supposed to be beneath, that is a major accomplishment. You know, so that that's the thing. You need a Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is the reason why millions of dollars are falling into the UFC, period. Habib became a millionaire because of Conor. Nate Diaz, same thing, because of Conor. The UFC survived their own bankruptcy. How? Because of Conor. UFC was able to pay off their initial investors when their IPO, when IPO initially failed, thanks to Conor. Will, you know, will kind of come back and get a title shot? I have no doubt that he he will. I, I don't doubt it at all. He has Dana White privilege. But you know what? Of all the people, of all the fighters, he earned it. His reason why this company is where it is today, that's just a simple fact of the matter. He's the only reason why anyone is even willing to watch any other promotion. Sure, you know, he had help. Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey. I'll, I'll even throw in John Jones and... and, and Jorge, his rise did help, but the reality is with, without Connor, this is going to be a whole different ball game. And, it, you know, it's not going to go well. Honestly, business, you know, I don't know, because you'll see that whole entire time. Because sooner or later, Connor was going to leave. So he has to. He has to move on to greener pastures. He can't keep fighting forever. No one can. And they never got themselves together. They never put themselves in a position truly to survive without him, from what I've seen. Because they don't have, who else is, who, where's the other moneymaker? Who's the one who generates the, the money? No one. Patty, you know, when he gets on his winning streak, please. 
We need they need it right now. They need that person right now and they don't have it. And sadly, they don't they have to so-called stack these cars to get people interested into watching them because they don't have one single star. And even with John Jones, oh, fight Francis, lots of money, fight Francis. OK, then what? And fight who else? Kind of can go, just walk into the octagon. He doesn't have to fight anybody and people will show up. OK, OK, if he gets knocked out, then what? Who, who, who he fights? And, and, and is it worth a lot of money? What, Surreal gone? You can't, you can't be serious. Most people still don't know who he is. No, gone is not the answer to nothing. I, and I'm a, I'm, I've, gone's been my lock f- since day one. I went against him versus Derek Lewis. Other than that, he's been my lock. And I still say the same thing. That dude is no, no. He is not the answer to nothing. <laughs> no offense to him. Not the answer to anything. So, you know, but yeah, uh, it's long rant. Thank you so much for your question, brother. Always a pleasure. My next question is actually given to me a while ago, so I apologize for taking so long to answer. Didn't have a uh, an episode during the time when the uh, question was asked. So Ugar is back. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. U G U R K A R A A L I O G L U. And that's at U-G-U-R-K-A-R-A-L-I-O-U-I-O-L-U-2. Don't worry, he'll get tagged in the comments section and you can check out his content, his page and his content. Always polite too as well. Hello, sir. What heavyweight fighters features have, according to your opinion, pace, power, explosiveness, athletic ability, stamina, cardio, volume, horsepower, <laughs> which is funny. Um, Curtis Blades, Stipe Mayochich, Francis Ngano, Shane Carwin, Cain Velasquez, JDS, Uberin, Mark Hunt, and Brock Lesnar. I, I'm not, I'm trying to figure out what the question is. I guess you mean which one has it? Uh, what I'm going to do is which one has the best out of each category. Now, of course, when it comes to power, I, most people would think Brock Lesnar and Shane Carwin, they are two of the more powerful heavyweights that I have seen. You know, and I told people like Brock in particular, this dude is no joke. He is no joke when it comes to power. But I'll have to give it to Francis. Honestly, I've never seen anyone demolish fighters the way he has. I mean, Uberine has one of the toughest shins going. And, and he just completely, Francis completely destroyed him. But let me let me start back again. Pace. Pace, Stipe, for sure. He's the king of that. Pace, I would give it to Stipe. Power, I would give it to Francis. Explosiveness, that's definitely Brock Lesnar. Athletic ability, got to go with one of the, the man who's regarded as one of the best ever, Stipe. But I would give that actually, to me, the top would be actually be Ubering. We talk about athletic ability and then Brock Lesnar, because in spite of everything, I mean, he was juiced up. But in spite of all that, to me, he had I was surprised at his athletic ability. Stamina. Cain Velasquez. Out of all the men listed, I would say Cain Velasquez, then Stipe, then JDS in that order. Cardio. Cain and Stipe. You know, uh, definitely got to get to them. Volume. I will have to go with Kane 
and Stipe with that one. And uh, horsepower, <laughs> got to give it to horse meat. The eater of horse meat. <laughs> I mean, no, you got to give it to Francis. Got to give it to Francis, but definitely Brock and uh, Uberin will be on that list. And don't get me wrong, like I kind of ignored Mark Hunt. You know, I mean, power in both hands, which is rare because a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of times people, and the problem with a lot of MMA fighters is, if they, is that they have a weak jab, like Connor. It's a weak right jab, so you know that the left is coming sooner or later. And that's the problem is he hasn't really changed that. If he tighten up that right jab, you know, he could set the left up a little bit better. First of all, he needs to make the jab as pronounced as it were as his knockout punch so people can feel it. Amanda Lemos, perfect example. She can't even set up a knockout with her jab because she's dropping women with a just a jab. Uh, and, and Francis utilizing the jab very effectively in his last fight with Stipe. And I'm sure... Uh, that's part of what Mike Tyson had helped him with, along with, you know, if you train with Usman, you're getting some of the knowledge from Trevor Whitman. So, you know, Francis is going to be, he's going to be a nightmare going forward, people. Yeah, you know, um, so I hope that answers your question. Uh, thank you so much for submitting the question. I hope you, uh, I hope that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and look, like I said, Mark Hunt was no joke. Mark Hunt is one of those individuals who I said it. Somebody, uh, a friend asked me about Brock, who follows professional wrestling, and he was asking me about the fight because he wasn't familiar with Mark Hunt. And uh, I told him, I was like, you know, well, you know, he, he can knock anybody out. Uh, he has power in both hands, and he uses it effectively. No weak jab at all because he can knock people out with both hands. And as long as Brock doesn't stand in front of him, he should be good. But, you know, I was like, Brock isn't the smartest, you know, he's not the, you know, sharpest crayon in the box. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, Brock, that's what he did. Don't stand in front of Mark. He took him down. Do As I said to him, he can do whatever he wants because, uh, you know, uh, Mark isn't that athletic, you know, and Brock is. But thank you so much for your question. That will do it, people. For the first part, we got I got in suspect picks and listener questions all in one punch. I'm going to stop it here. And um, next up, going to have recaps. All right, so quick, some quick recaps. One championship was absolutely fantastic, people. One championship in power. If you missed that historical event, you're a filthy casual. And moreover, I don't want anything about supporting women. You didn't support. There's a whole car dedicated to women. You didn't watch it. Filthy casual. And we get mad when someone calls you that. Nah, you're a filthy casual. But now with this card, I was a little irritated because they had my girl B Nguyen. Everyone knows B Nguyen. Killer B. <laughs> First, it was. Well, first, she, first they had her, they, they shoved her to, and she said, you know, I ain't somebody's warm-up fight. Because they shoved her to Ryo Fogat. It was unfair what they did to Ryo Fogat because she was supposed to have been, and it's unfair what they did to all these athletes, because before Lee got pregnant, Denise Sambawanga was already the number one contender. She was supposed to have been facing Lee already, period. And once she lost, you got your number two and your number three. Four was supposed to be mean bow, period. Like, that's it. There was no need for any of this. There's no need for Adam Wade Turner. 
So then they want to do Dangal for some odd bar. You know, well, they, I don't I don't know why the timing of Dangal. I just I wish they had did the schedule different because you do Dangal. You got to have right to fold out there. I understand that. But then they, that's when they shove B. Nguyen in there. And she says, nobody won my fight. She don't give a damn what this event's about. Any of that nonsense. She ain't somebody won my fight and proved it by beating Ryu Tufoga, which messed everything up. Threw everything out of whack because they really wanted Ryu to end the Attaway tournament. So then they concoct the scheme. Yeah, you heard me. Concoct the scheme to have B fight. Well, I guess it was only fair. Like, okay, if we're going to have Ryu to fight again, might as well have B fight again, which made no sense because B Nguyen won. And the boss came on there and said the fight between B, Killer B, and Ryu to, and the uh, Tigress was supposed to be, you know, put them into the tournament. Next thing you know, oh, we're going to do one more fight. Like, come on, fam. Come on, man. So the Indian Tigress did, in fact, win. And but the problem is being the win lost to Jalen Awesome Awesome. They had her schedule against alternate Grace Cleveland, who had to pull out. And they had Grace Cleveland. They tried to push her in there. You know, she's known. You know, she's known. Known now for her fighting, for her looks, really. Let's be honest. And her schedule first against Jalen, then against Mong Bo, which makes no sense to me. But again, you can rig, that's how you can rig the system. So that I, I first found all that just a hot mess. Terrible. But the card went on as planned. It was fantastic. So they had uh so for alternates they called they you know called up Julie Masa Barber to come in. May Yamaguchi, I'm sure, always willing to fight, came in, came down to Iron Man by Black Sabbath. That's what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, May couldn't get it done. She was just getting entirely too pieced up. Also, another thing to remember, like the Adamweight division, because I was about to say May. All these years, she's always been kind of undersized for 115. They're 115. They're fighting at 115, not 105. So they're not actually adding weights over there. Julie improved to 9-2. B, unfortunately, fell to 21-13. and 13. Next up, to kind of take a break from the adding weight tournament, we had Jackie Bontan. Got to bring Jackie back because they're trying to make this, you know, this whole uh, card as exciting as possible. And who is more exciting than Jackie Bontan? I'll tell you who is more exciting. Another fellow Muay Thai well, this was a kickboxing bout. Anissa Mexen. Phew, 101 victories, maintaining two titles at one time. Oh, my God. Her list of accolades is long, people. Long. And she completely destroyed Christina Morales. And even though this was kickboxing, not MMA, I'm going to add that KO to the list. When it comes to MMA... Izuki Harata was one of my favorites in this uh, in the entire tournament. She's someone who I I think could win the whole entire thing. Yep, even over Ham. Elise Anderson, you know, dropped Harata. Unfortunately, she fell to five and two. Harata is still undefeated. Uh, scored the unanimous decision. Anderson, Anderson had a terrible plan trying to clinch with a black belt in judo. I didn't understand that. Ryu Tufo got both fighters here in this matchup got a slice of humble pie. 
Ryutsu got her slice in the first round when she was getting pieced up and damn near got finished by Bo Ming, who was doing an excellent job stuffing the takedowns, using her own wrestling background to dominate over Ryutsu in the first round. But that gas tank fell apart, boy. Oh, my God. She gassed like Greg Hardy up in that joint. Oh, my goodness. So she falls to 17-6. and six. Ryutsu now 6-1. and one. And remember, Bo Ming, or Ming Bo, as she's called, She's the one who handed Zhang Wei Li her first in her first fight. She's the first person that Zhang Wei Li faced and the first one to hand her a loss. However, it was just two people. It was just two, uh, you know, rookies, two amateurs in there fighting. It, Mo, you know, Ming Bo, I love her trash talk. You know, she'll make it sound like she knocked Zhang Wei Li out or that she dominated her like she was. Uh, uh, Habib, but no, it was just two fighters in there didn't know what quite what they were doing and Ming scored more points. That's all. Stant Fairtech, impressive, impressive performance, impressive victory. Moving to six and one in MMA, impressive victory over Alanya Rasohenya, who's an experienced grappler. But man, Stamp did her thing. Transition out. Thought she was in trouble with that arm bar, but transitioned out beautifully to the point at one point in time. Ended up having Russell Hinya in a possible RNC choke. Very impressive performance. And though Sihi Ham did what she usually does, moved to 12, 24, and 8. They're going to uphold her victory. They did, one championship did challenge the victory challenged the fight because a lot of people thought that Denise won. However, they're going to uphold it so that loss stays with Denise, who now will have an opportunity to do a quick turnaround and face off against uh, Julie Meza Barber. That's the rumor. Not sure if that will continue. Denise fell to 8-1, but impressive performance. I love that that uh, I was about to say blast double, but that scoop lift slam. She exploded out of the corner after they checked her forehead, boy, and she was ready to go. Loved it. Jing Jing Nan, another impressive performance, moving to 16 and 2, dispatching with yet another jiu-jitsu practitioner, one of the most uh I mean we Mackenzie Dern, he talking about accredited jiu-jitsu practitioners, championship. Jiu-Jitsu practitioners. Mackenzie Dern is up there, but the one person who rivals her and may have, in fact, more uh, championships than Mackenzie Dern is Michelle Nicolini. However, I was not impressed with her performance at all. Grabbing at ankles is not a way to win the strawweight championship. Remember, strawweights are bumped up in weight, so they're actually fighting at 125, not 115. I don't like that. I wish they would do regular weight classes like UFC, so this way Aham can fight in the actual 105 division. You have an actual 115, actual 125, actual 135, because so far it looks like anyone over 125 essentially face, fights in the catchweight fight, which makes no sense. But other than that, a fantastic card. Next up, everyone was talking about Combate Global, and of course, Celine Prevost, cisgender female fighter going up against transgender athlete Alana McLaughlin, who won the fight via rear naked choke, caused a big stir on the timeline well, across the uh, across the Internet. Uh, you know, here's my thoughts on it, because as I hate. Too many people underestimate these are trained athletes. That's not a regular woman versus a regular man. Even with that, 
underestimating these athletes to me is wrong. People say the bone density situation, yes, that is a concern. However, guess what? Right now, no one can beat Amanda Nunes. Fighters still have a problem with Jessica Andrade and her power. She has the ability to knock anyone out at any given time. She knocked out a woman who stands five foot nine, who had a ridiculous reach advantage over her and folded her up like a lawn chair, people. Michelle Waterson and Claudia Gadelia didn't even want her in the strawweight division because they thought that she was too unfair that a bantamweight cut down to the strawweight division and decimated the way that Andrade did. She even dumped Thug Rose on her head, people. That's my point. To sit up there and say, well, it's a strength difference and a bone density difference. Strength difference is in cisgender uh, divisions right now. There's a a power difference between Francis Ngannou and everyone else. Everyone else. Not just the UFC. Everyone, people. Name a promotion. Francis will probably knock their heavyweight champion out. So that's what I'm saying. Like, no. And that's the problem that I had with Michelle Waterson's comments is that she needs to di- Amanda Lemos is there. So another Van Away cut down the straw This It's their right to do that. She was in there against Courtney Casey, who was a flyweight. She's in there against Marina Rodriguez, who's also a flyweight. Fighting at flyweight, by the, by the way. Talking about some, oh, Andrade. She needs it. There needs to be a thought. Pro- People need to get out of the thought process that everyone, especially when it comes to women, that they're all the same strength. Right now, no one can deal with Valentina Shevchenko and on any level. Not even when it comes to power. No one can deal with her. Nunes had a poor problem with her. She really didn't win that second fight. Now, am I going to say that she won? Yeah, because, you you know, am I going to say that, you know, Val's 0-2 against Nunes? Yes, I am, because I don't and I don't want to see a third fight, by the way. But, yeah, so to sit up there and think that there's not lopsided in the cisgender divisions is absurd to me. You have to learn how to deal with the with the size difference. And, and then cut and wait. Cut and wait. Come on. They have to deal with the size difference of Chukagan and everyone else in that division. She's the biggest fighter in that, physically the biz- biggest fighter in that division. Other than Shevchenko's sister, Antonina. Like, nah, man, like they got to deal with that. Every fighter has to deal with that because that's not going to end. You know, so that's why, I, that's why I'm drawing the line at. Like, I'm tired of hearing that. And nine times out of ten... The female fighters are going to be taller than the cisgen- than the transgender fighters because of the bone density issue. So you're not going to see a dude, um, a transgender athlete. Now, I mean, if we talk about, I was about to say dudes transitioning into women, well, men transitioning into women, there you're going to see a size difference there for sure, definitely. The cisgender men are going to be a lot bigger than the transgender uh, than women who transgen- transition into men. But for the men who transition into women, they're going to be stuck in certain divisions because of the bone. Like this was at featherweight. And the, the irony of it is that to me, too many women cut weight. And I think that's the, what's affecting cardio and affecting the uh, weight cut or well, the weight cut affects the, weight, the cardio. And I think it's because they're cutting too much weight. Because they're too big for the division, like Caitlin Chukagan, like Irene Adonis. To me, she should be a, f- a featherweight, not a bantamweight. Same with Caitlin Vieta, especially because she's been struggling to make weight. 
yeah, it could be other factors. Like we saw with Mackenzie Dern, something else was going on while she was missing weight so much. Because so far, she's been not only making weight, but making championship weight. She's been coming in at 115. So, yeah, she proved that, yeah, something else was going on. However, we have fighters like Cynthia Calvillo and Alexa Grasso who show that, no, you need to move up. The irony of all that is that Alana will end up in there with lightweights. You know, someone who looks like, you know, who's probably going to be built like Kayla Harrison soon. Who's cutting down, you know, doing some drastic weight cut to get the featherweight. Think about that. Kayla Harrison. Okay, I want that to marinate. I'm telling y'all, and y'all think that Alana, because, you know, transition from a man is bigger than Kayla. I know. Kayla Harrison is going to look like, you know, okay, she's going to like Francis Ngannou standing next to Alana. She would destroy Alana. Nunez would destroy Alana. She didn't know what the hell she was doing in there. And sadly, she's never going to get the training that she needs. And yes, a cisgender woman defeated a transgender woman. It was Ashley Evans Smith. She defeated Fallon Fox. Part of the reason why is because of the size difference. Ashley Evans Smith was a lot taller and had a way longer reach than Fallon Fox. Now, the body shots, as Ashley said, the, you know, it is a difference between, you know, she said that there was a difference between getting hit by Fallon Fox and other women. But at the same time, Ashley Evans Smith hadn't been in there with every woman. She ain't been in there versus a Nunez. And she was cutting. She cuts dangerously to flyweight. She's really a bantamweight. She hasn't faced... Andrade, she hasn't faced the power of Andrade, Valentina, or Nunes. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Can't keep saying, oh, it's a part. No, you know, but my point is that you can't keep telling a cisgender athlete, particularly female athlete, what they can and can't do with their bodies. Too many people say, you know, I see these idiots on the timeline. Oh, well, uh, you know, with the vaccine. Our body, our choice. Oh, you want, oh, you're pro-choice now. Oh, okay. Not pro-life, but pro-choice. Okay, gotcha. Well, in that case, you can't tell Celine what she can and can't do with her body. If she wants to fight a trans, she said she didn't care who it was. She didn't give a damn who it was, what gender. She wanted to fight. She should be allowed to fight, Period. And that, that, to me, can't stop telling cisgender women what they can and can't do with their bodies. If that's what she wants to choose, chooses to do, that's her. And she did well. She pieced Alana up. She almost finished Alana. That, that takedown at RNC saved, she was saving herself. Alana was saving herself. She was getting pieced up. Okay, she was getting complete nose busted. She was getting pieced up, people. They had like a, a woman hits, you know, a transgender athlete and they just bounce off them. No, that's not what happened to Fallon Fox. Fallon Fox lost, you know, uh, but at the same time, with all that said, if the cisgender athlete says no, then it should be respected. They shouldn't be called transphobic. Uh, they shouldn't be called homophobic. Should get, they say no. It, it should be respected, you know? So if, especially like Ashley Evans Smith did face a transgender athlete, she says she would, I believe if I remember correctly, she says she wouldn't do it again. 
that should be respected. She shouldn't be called names. She shouldn't be called anything. That should be respected. That's my point. You know, it's whatever that athlete says. If they say yes, get shut up, mind your business. If they say no, don't call them names. Don't trash them. They said no. That's the end of it. You know, fighters say no to each other all the time. There's no reason why a cisgender woman can't do the same thing. So that is the one thing out there that I would say to the LGBTQIA community, that that is my standpoint on that. You know, if I get dragged for it, fine. But I do, that's my standpoint that, you know, it's up to the fighter. If they say yes, then have at it. But if they say no, that's the end of it. And if everyone says no, then, well, you know, that's, that's it. You know, that's it. So, but yeah, other than that, the card wasn't bad at all. The card wasn't bad at all. Good fights. Good fight. That was a good fight. And like I said, Celine did quite well. She just had to get the, if there was a way to get around the body shots, you know, if there was a way to just better footwork, especially the way she was trying to fight, she boxing, learning some very good quality boxing, uh, Selena be all right. She'll be all right. Because, uh, and again, like I said, especially at Featherweight, she, you know, again, remember, you know, it's like, you know, Akela Harrison did cut down. She did cut to one, in, you know, wasn't 145 on the dot, but she did cut down. I, I need people to, you know, look at, take a take a look at Kayla Harrison one more time. Okay, she would destroy, you know, Alana, Celine, any Featherweight. Okay, she, these lightweights can't even deal with her. But, yeah, you can't have a lightweight, you know, a massive lightweight like her cutting down. I'm telling you, she would destroy Alana. But, yeah, uh, Alex Gonzalez scored a, a fantastic submission victory. Climbs to four and three over Kristen Barraza. Uh, didn't have the, you know what the thing is? Who do y'all Pena? Oh, man. Who? What she said about Nunez? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, man. Well, I was about to say, you know, um, it's nice. I, I like hearing Pena's voice. I like her commentary when she's uh, with Combate Global. She wasn't there this time around, but I do like uh, her commentary and everything. But man, what's she not her commentary on social media? Boy, what she said about Nunez, man, listen, y'all going to see a homicide up there. Nunez is going to kill her. Oh, she was disrespectful. Her comments well, rude. She was like, you know, Nunez is basically sitting around, sitting around. And this chocolate nonsense kept saying chocolate. I guess Nunez is eating chocolate the whole time when she's supposed to be training for her because, oh, she's supposed to be that special that Nunez has to train for. And then um, talking about some, she's claiming like she just came up with COVID to duck her. That the boy, the delusion. Oh, my God, the delusion. She getting killed, people. She getting killed. All right, man. So next up, we had a great body punch finish from uh, R. Romero Hernandez, who climbed to three and two. Miguel Vallegas climbed to eight and two over his unanimous decision. Went over for Bisho Franco, who fell to eight and four. And Alana, that was her first fight ever. And the thing about cisgender athletes is I'm hoping that we don't see exploitation. Like, don't put, you know, don't hire Lana, say it's okay to fight, even though Selena's the one who wanted to fight. 
don't don't do it just for clickbait just to get you know attention from espn you know don't exploit the fighters uh on the next fight we had a split decision victory isaac rolas going up uh losing to patrick lahane not a bad fight at all who climbed to three and one and uh, yeah, Celine fell to zero and two. She hasn't won a fight, amateur or pro, yet. Needs a lot of work, but I like. She has. That's the thing. I'm not trying to be harsh, but Alana doesn't have another problem. Is Alana doesn't have a, the grappling. I guess with the strength and everything, focus on the grappling. But that she's getting pieced up so bad. There's no instincts there at all. You do grapplers need a lot of. They need extensive striking training at times. Celine is someone who I. I you can work with her. The striking is there. She just needs the jujitsu. The striking is there, though. She just she needs some work, but it's there. Uh, and, and Muay Thai, to me, is the key. Had she had some devastating to get the plum, knees going, she would definitely have finished the fight. Now, uh, unfortunately, the next ladies that we had fighting at flyweight, <laughs> Jasmine Narate going up against uh, Morel. Suleiman, um, man. So Morel got frustrated, you know, and arms are grabbed. She got frustrated and headbutted Jasmine. I'm talking and a two, two piece. I mean, hit her twice. I mean, it's straight up headbutt. Man, and she's looking all mad and frustrated. You know, Jasmine tried to extend her hand, like, oh, come on, man. You know, it's, and she's mad and everything. It's like, Chell Sonnen said it best. Chell Sonnen said it best. You cannot be successful in MMA if you don't know the unified rules. What happened to Peter Yan, Petrie, Peter, but whatever. Yan got squalified. Why? Because he didn't know. The, well, I think he just ignored the rules. I think he just wanted to knee Aljamain Sterling. I think he just plain didn't like, doesn't like Aljamain Sterling. I wonder if he just hates black people in general. But I think that's why he did. He did it on purpose. However, yeah, it's the squalification. And yeah, the person becomes champion. Those are the rules, man. Everyone should know. And headbutts, that was the first thing that got banned, people. Headbutts and back of the head, they, they can't mess with that. Grounded fighter, they don't mess with that. You know, even at one championship, you can only do the strike to a ground to a grounded fighter. You can't touch the head, though, like especially the back of the head. No, that is a no-no. Mm -mm. So even if they say, okay, you, you guess it has to be a certain strike and it has to be hit a certain area. It can't no back of the head. None of that. That's out. Head butts and back of the head are out. That's and back of the head. That's what, um, that's comes from, you know, all the sports, particularly NFL with concussion protocols. Yeah, that's, that's a no, no. That is a no, no. That was a co-main event. <laughs> ended up in a disqualification. It was a terrible fight, too. I hate to be harsh, but it was a terrible fight. So I think what, what needs to happen is, first off, Jasmine has to cut down to straw weight. She, she, gets, she has to get in the fitness uh, uh, in, in, the, in the program, and she has to cut down the straw weight, and uh, morale needs to learn the unified roles. So we had a fight at 150, Christian Perez, Outstanding RNC choke over Demar Roa, who fell to 16 and 10. Perez stays undefeated. Great night of fights there. Also had the contender series, uh, flyweight versus strawweight. Oh man, I was just like, what a setup! 
What a setup, man. You know, Julia Palastri, I mean, eight and two, but she's a straight, I mean, literally the current Shudo strawweight champion. Strawweight, why is she going on there against a five foot seven flyweight? Come on, people. That was a stone cold setup. Of course, you're going to get to, and that's the funny thing. Jasmine talking about some, oh, we're going to, you know, we go both go forward and all this kind of stuff. All you, your plan was not to get pieced up. Whatever. You know, but I was impressed though. I thought Julia would get, would have gotten destroyed because, you know, too big. People talking about, you know, transgender athletes. What's, what's this? What is this right here? It couldn't, you can't have, these size differences are ridiculous. But she did well though. Julia did well. You know, she showed why she was a pseudo champion. She was piecing old uh, Jasmine up, <laughs> you know, pieced up. But congrats to Jasmine for getting that um, that contract uh, again. Five fights. How, you can't expect a well now six wins rather, you know, six and one. You can't expect a lot from someone who's six and one. That's what I hate about this show. I can't stand it. You can't expect a whole lot from someone who's six and one. Who's getting pieced up by a strawweight? By again, I can't. I can't stop saying that. Uh, great uh, victory to Jack, Madalena, and of course uh, Lucas. You know, got in nine and one now. I feel bad for Dylan Potter because he was taking the fight on a short notice. Bad call. I don't care what anybody say. It was a bad call from Mark Mark Smith. It sucks. You know, because no referee is going to admit that they're wrong. That's a, that was a glaring problem in the other in the leagues, especially football. That was a, well, football isn't too bad because now they got the instant replay. But basketball, horrible, horrible problem in basketball. Now nine times out of ten, you know the the rest. Because the thing about the rest in, in in the NBA, as many have said, the good ones they said you know they they call the foul because they were already warning a player about the play can't complain when a ref is like you know hey don't do this don't do that but that right there you know but fighters have to understand this reminds me of Stan Fairtech that again submission and we're getting a bad call right the fighter wasn't tapping similar to Stan Fairtech she to me she wasn't tapping she was like yo get off of me the fight's over I won get shit get get off of me you can't gesture you can't gesture you can't, you have to, everything has to be very purposeful. First off, get the hell out of submit. He was trying to grab the arms, but you know, how to defend, you know, get out of the RNC one-on-one is to grab the arm. That's what he was doing. Punch, punch, get to the knee. First off, get to the knee, get to one knee, get to one knee. Oh, well, get to both knees if possible. That's the first thing. Get to both knees. Don't elevate any further because, you know, like they wrap the legs. But get to the knee, punch, 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 punch. And, you know, Dana said he wasn't going to get out of it. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, I feel bad for Mo Miller, though. A lot of people were rooting for Bo Mo Miller. He was a huge uh, favorite. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I hope he continues. And, of course, Almeida. Got two Almeidas now in the UFC. So, not bad, not bad at all. I'm going to stop it there. Whew. Don't like when a podcast is extra long. If you stayed the whole entire time, thank you very much. It is greatly appreciated. 
And you can check me out on Instagram. It's mma.buy.millican. Check me out there. Don't forget, if you're looking for you um, one championship content, check me out on YouTube. MMA by Millican there. Don't forget to check out Legs. L-E-G-S at Legs Show. That's Legs with the S Show. You won't be disappointed if you like seeing beautiful women every day, all day. Head on over. Hit the follow. Also on Instagram. And it also, if you just want to check out some of the content, I don't post everything identical on all the social media, but you can just type in legshow.blogspot.com and check out the content there. You guys take care. Have a good one.